Today I want to talk to you about home, your home, where it is and how you live in it. In these last few weeks, some of us have had to think about where home is, particularly our young adults questioning which building it is, which address they're going to spend the next few weeks and months in. Others of us have been thinking more about our work and how that is going to change our lives, particularly those in public services. And they have been spending less time at home, probably, amongst people who have been spending more time at home. And it may be that you are spending more time at home, but you actually feel that you have less time because you're trying to juggle all the different responsibilities that you have. Whichever one of those three categories or other categories you find yourself in, it's fair to say that we're all adjusting to home and what it means. Today I want to introduce you to a character who is adjusting to his home, where it is and where it's going to be. His name is Jacob. Jacob, in the story of Genesis, has made his home in a foreign land with a people. He's made a new family with two wives, Leah and Rachel. And as Rachel brings him the son Joseph um, of the musical fame, uh, Jacob then decides that it is time for him to go home to his birth family. If you've been following the story up till this point, you know that that's a big moment for him because you know that he left home in quite a bit of turmoil, having stolen his birthright from his brother Esau and leaving them in distress and his brother indeed wanting to kill him. And then coming home, Jacob prepares and he thinks about what it means for him to go to the one whose blessing he's stolen, Esau. And I'm going to pick up the story in chapter 32 and the words are going to come on the screen as I read them to you. When the messengers returned to Jacob, they said, we went to your brother Esau and now he is coming to meet you and 400 men are with him. In great fear and distress, Jacob divided the people who were with him into two groups and the flocks and herds and camels as well. He thought if Esau comes and attacks one group, the group that is left may escape. Then Jacob prayed, O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, O Lord, who said to me, go back to your country and your relatives and I will make you prosper. I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you have shown your servant. I had only my staff when I crossed this Jordan, but now I have become two groups. Save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am afraid he will come and attack me and also the mothers with their children. But you have said, I will surely make you prosper and will make your descendants like the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted. He spent the night there, and from what he had with him, he selected a gift for his brother Esau. 200 female goats and 20 male goats, 200 ewes and 20 rams, 30 female camels with their young, 40 cows and 10 bulls, and 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. He put them in the care of his servants, each herd by itself, and said to his servants, Go ahead of me and keep some space with the herds. He instructed the one in the lead, When my brother Esau meets with you and asks, 
to whom do you belong and where are you going and who owns all these animals in front of you? Then you are to say they belong to your servant, Jacob. They are a gift sent to my Lord Esau and he is coming behind us. He also instructed the second, the third and all the others who followed the herds. You are to say the same thing to Esau when you meet him. And be sure to say, your servant Jacob is coming behind us. For he thought, I will pacify him with these gifts I am sending on ahead. Later, when I see him, perhaps he will receive me. So Jacob's gifts went on ahead of him. But he himself spent the night in the camp. Jacob's response in this moment is a very human response. It's one we can all identify with, I'm sure, when we know we have wronged somebody else. Sometimes we deny that we've done it. Sometimes we cover up what we have done. But when we know that we have done something wrong, we bring a peace offering. The classic is the husband who has wronged his wife bringing flowers and chocolates. Maybe in your house this has already happened this week, not necessarily the flowers and the chocolate, but people bringing peace offerings or defending themselves with what they have. I know this week when I wronged Nikki, my wife, I defended myself with the list of all of my virtues, which didn't actually deal with the problem and connect with her and apologise for what I had done wrong. But this is also a picture of how we approach God. Many people of different faiths practice this. Uh, Muslims, Jews, uh, agnostics and even Christians present the list of what they have done right before God in the hope that he will find that acceptable even in the sight of all the things that they have done wrong. Talking with friends who think there is a God but are not sure who he is or what it's going to be like on Judgment Day will say something along the lines of, well, hopefully all the things that I've done right will outweigh the things that I've done wrong. Even Christians, mature Christians, will think to themselves when they come in prayer, well, I've done this thing wrong, but actually over the years... I've done a lot of good things for God, so he'll listen to me now if I just remember that. All of those attitudes just confirm something that we see in the Bible, which is that there is this distance between us and God. We don't, as our default setting as humans, have a home in God. Today marks... Palm Sunday, when we remember Jesus voluntarily heading towards Jerusalem on a donkey and heading towards the place that would ultimately see him die. And as Christians, we understand that he died in our place. We understand that Jesus left his home in heaven to make a way back for us that we might have a home in God now and in eternity. We understand that we are all strangers. We are all outsiders until we say that Jesus is our rescuer, the one who makes a place for us in heaven. 
Jacob in his attempt to make home again in his family with Esau put up a peace offering. As Christians, we don't put the list of all the things that we've done right up before God. We put Jesus up before God. We know that he is our only way home. Recently, I sat with a friend as she was preparing to die. It was deeply sad, but even in those moments, we both had a sense of peace and a sense of God drawing near by his Holy Spirit and readying to bring her home. In this time when we are at home more, or in some cases longing to be at home more, I'm reminded of a greater truth spoken by a Roman Catholic cardinal called Cardinal Schoenborn seven years ago when he said, it is as if the Lord is saying, come home, I wait for you. The good news is that because of Jesus, we have a home in God, not just an address at which we live or we are staying temporarily. In Christ Jesus, we have a home in God now and in eternity. As Christians, this changes the way that we live. In 2013, my wife Nikki and I recognised that our house was not a particularly peaceful house for lots of reasons and we prayed and asked that God would turn it into a place of peace. And because of his goodness, because we placed our home in him and recognised that he was the source of all that peace and all that goodness, he in his mercy changed the way that we were behaving and changed the feel of our home, even to the extent that when people visited us before we went on lockdown, they would remark about the peace that exists in our home. And we can only point to God in his mercy for changing that. As Christians, I invite us all to either start that journey to recommence it or to go deeper into what it means to make our home in God so that our homes become places of love and joy and peace even in these trying days. But if you're watching this and you're not a Christian or you're not sure whether you are a Christian or not, what I want to say to you today is that you don't need to come before God with a list of all the things that you have done right in your life. No list will ever cover the gap between our sinfulness, our brokenness and his holiness and love. Nothing can cover that gap except Jesus. Nothing you can have that home in God. 
you can have that home in God. You don't have to be like Jacob and present a list. You just come to Christ, to Jesus Christ as your rescuer, the one who left his home in heaven, that you might have a home in heaven with God now and in eternity. Amen.